Hello, this is Pretty Guardian from Nerd Cage Live, and we just wanted to thank you for listening to this audio-only version of the show. And be sure to subscribe here and over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash nerdcagelive. You're now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello, welcome. That's right. Once again, you are trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This channel is a celebration of all things pop culture. So please, if you're new to the channel, like and subscribe and all that good shit. Get us a 1500, get win an Xbox. I am your co-host, JSNG, certified geek, seven days a week coming to you live from yours truly, the land of the orange, Syracuse, New York. And reintroducing my panel once again, hailing from Portland, Oregon, it is the beautiful, pretty Guardian. How are you tonight? I am doing so good tonight. I wanted to talk about our Nerd Cage shirts for just a second. Yes! So I don't care if you are flat chested or you got double Ds, you are gonna wanna buy one of these. These shirts are lightweight, they're breathable, 100% cotton. And you know, if you get one, you will be 100% certified as the ultimate Nerd Cage fan. So definitely check them out. Jay, where can where can they get these shirts? The link is in the description. Actually, it's our T public, and we got like like uh, Pretty Garden just said, we got these banging ass shirts. Listen, any size, any color, okay. men's or ladies. But he's telling you the truth. I am a big girl, and they sent me a big shirt. I am here for it. Hey, amen. Like I said, we got the we got the regular uh, shirt with the strength of geek knowledge on the back, and of course, who doesn't want if you're feeling frisky, the Pornhub parody Nerdcage Live shirt. Yes, and that's this seems to be the most popular shirt. Just saying, and okay. I do appreciate everybody <laughs> posting their pictures of their shirts. Means a lot to us. And if you buy a shirt. You're directly supporting us. That money goes towards giveaways and stuff like that. So yeah, go to our team public link in the description of this video. And Derek is taking tonight off. But as always, we have our moderator and troll hammer stronger than the DK banana slammer. He is the number one Zelda fan in the world. It's Joe from Fall One Gaming. What's popping, my dude? Oh, let's ready to get into this. We have our first indie developer ever on the show. We have Fred Brown with his new game, Crystal Story, Dawn of Dusk. How are you, sir? How are you doing tonight? Hey, how's everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm actually getting pretty close to finishing it up. Um, probably aiming towards the end of the year, like just wrapping up development on it up. Before this show started, I actually racked up a good bit of devs, so I figured I'm gonna just square off tonight and just kind of have a, you know, a good little interview here. <laughs> we definitely, hey, we're very, very excited. We definitely appreciate you taking the time off your busy schedule to hang with us. And, and we all got questions. Um, so we'll, before we really, really get into it, well, first and foremost, Joe, who do we got in the chat? In the chat tonight, we have Doomzilla, Shay Smithers, Paul Taggett's in the chat. Yeah, Paul, we missed you. And Byron Kingsley, and I think we're in the chat too. <laughs> well, thank you, Nerd Cage Nation, for uh, 
showing up strong and strong in numbers tonight. We also, love you. Yes. Also, Joe, you put out a video last night, didn't you? I did. If you haven't seen it yet, my top 10 video games of all time went up last night. You can check that out right here on the channel. And what's going on tomorrow? Tomorrow we go back to Zelda Ocarina of Time finale. Yup. <laughs> taking, taking down Ganon. And then what are we doing on Tuesdays? On Tuesdays, if I don't screw up again, <laughs> we're playing Resident Evil 2, the original. Everybody, that is oh. twitch.tv slash nerdcagelive. Speaking of Twitch, uh, our guest here, he's got a bunch of stuff he wants to uh, promote. Uh, so by all means, Mr. Fred Brown, uh, explain what you do. Explain Crystal's story, and I know you have you have uh, a gaming channel and a Twitch channel, so by all means, plug yourself away. All right. So, yeah, I'm Fred Brown. You can call me Brett Brown or just Fred. Any, anything's fine. Um, I'm pretty much the sole developer, uh, artist, programmer. <laughs> I wear a lot of different hats. Uh, I've been working on Crystal Story. Now I'm best for the better part of two years now yeah um my wife has helped out a good bit with illustration stuff like that um but yeah like i do a lot of different things and basically what you play is just everything that i've basically put together on my own i used to do comic books for like i started doing this like uh, web comics and back around 2018 i actually took a big shift over like what I wanted to do and taught myself programming and basically pixel art and a lot of things. I don't really do composing or anything like that, but just like the whole journey of where I've gotten today, it's been around four years pretty much. Um, in the description, uh, you guys are feel free to just check out the, the development account. I have a personal account at BreadFrown on like Twitter. I don't really stream much. I don't really do any of that because I stay so busy. But uh, the development account, the Crystal at the Crystal Story uh, on Twitter is probably the best way to keep up with what I'm doing. But yeah, I've been working super hard on this project. I did like a prototype back in 2019 that got fairly well received and just like that really wanted me to go through and just like, all right, where can I go for now? Like. How much better can I taint my abilities? Like, how can I grow as a, a game maker, essentially? So, just I'm really, really happy where it's going. And did you mention you're doing this by yourself, no one else? No one else. I, my wow. wife helps out a good bit with like illustrations, like for like concept art. And I'll take, you know, a few of her drawings if I need, like, like the main boss is like this gigantic armored wolf um and my wife designed that and she did a few npcs and she'll draw like a regular sketch or whatnot and on her ipad and i'll take it and i'll turn it into pixel art and i'll animate it but a lot of the other stuff like all the other characters and stuff i've handled on my own a lot of them were actually from my webcomic before yeah. i did it over to a game so like all the pixel art everything like all of it's done by me programming everything the only thing i do not touch is music and sound effects <laughs>
Well, I'm blown away by. I'm blown away by your progress. Um, yeah. And, okay, so I, I got a question for you. Now I'm gonna really lean hard on Pretty Gardening because she's got the most questions. And please, everybody in the chat, if you got questions, please, please ask away. Joe will handle the questions from. The yeah, I'll filter them to him. Um. <laughs> so I was I was watching some clips of the game before we got our stream ready. By the way, I uh, hope everybody can actually see on screen right now. Right, right in the middle on the bottom is uh, I have it on a loop right now. Chris. Crystal story. Everyone can actually see the actual game on screen right now. Um, when I was watching footage, the first thing that came to actually there was two games that came immediately to mind. So that's why I'm going to ask, what what was your influence? Because I'm looking at this, I see Earthbound and I see Zelda. Yeah. And can we um really quick just for people who maybe don't know, Fred, could you tell us just like a little bit about the game, like what? What it? What is it like? What's what's the gameplay like? What are the characters like? Just kind of break it down a little bit for us. So really, like what I really try to push here is I was a very big fan of uh, Earthbound and Legends of the Way to the Past. That was like one of my two biggest inspirations. Nicely um, done, Jay. <laughs> but there was another game like you guys might be familiar with Undertale, and I really like the system they had of just like really taking an RPG and just changing like the mechanics of it and just kind of like, you know, what can we do to make the combat and stuff different? But I'm not too much into Undertale's aspects, no way, but like I really want to just kind of put a very big spin on actual like boss battles to where it felt like you're basically learning how the mechanics work and you're having to just basically do a test at the end of each episode and whatnot. I love that kind of level design. Time, and it's a bit like WarriorWare. So the mechanics is it's a, it's a top-down action RPG. Um, the the one that I'm working on now, Dawn of Dusk, it's, it's a lot more story-driven. I can say that much. Um, it doesn't follow a lot of the conventions of regular RPGs. There's no leveling up. There's nothing like that. But you do gain new abilities and new weapons to try out. And a lot of it's just like, it's a lot of skill-based mechanics, a bit like Link to the Past. If a lot of younger folks on us, like they had a lot of trouble with it. Um, I guess because a oh. lot of people, yeah, they weren't really used to playing a lot of the older Zelda games. Oh. So like, it was a <laughs> lot of skill. They didn't have the patience. A lot of people didn't have like a... I get a bit of patience to do We're all looking at you, yeah. Joe. <laughs> yeah, these kids are spoiled nowadays. I can attest to that. It was my fault. But, you know, what I'm speaking right now is mostly of the, the demo I did back in 2019. A lot of it, I was still learning a good bit of, like, good puzzle design and good, you know, environmental storytelling and hinting the player what to do. And with this one I'm working on now, I'm just trying to get a good balance of everything. So there's a little bit of Zelda, there's a little bit of Earthbound, Undertale. Um, God, there's like a lot of other games too, like Mario RPG was oh, a big yes. influence. A lot of the backtracking, um, I could also probably say Super Metroid or just Metroid in general, just like learning a new ability and like using it to get to another area or just kind of have to backtrack and use it again. Just a lot of older, a lot of the gameplay in it feels a little bit more old-fashioned, but that's just that's what I like. 
speaking my I language. I think that's the charm of it. Yeah. It's very difficult, but it's also rewarding. Kind of like your Dark Souls kind of aspect yeah. for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so explain some of the characters here. I see on screen right now, they're uh, Mina. Is that our, our main character? And, I, and then I think there's... Uh, so I don't know if I want to just go deep into some of the characters in the game real quick. See, we got Mina. That's your main, like, protagonist. She doesn't speak. I want the player to totally kind of have a link with that character. Kind of like how you are a link in, like, Zelda. Uh, and Donna Dusk, we have... We got Mina, we got a cat dude <laughs> named Whiskery, where he's like a mask and he's kind of like a weak, like underling sort of that got kind of brokered into like having to help like the main boss of Dawn of Dust, but then he just like totally goes traitor on him. And you're actually, if you play the demo of Dawn Dusk and complete, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we got Mina's kind of adoptive uncle so to speak, Claude, he's the purple cat. My uh, wife actually designed him as an NPC that was kind of like a shopkeep and the demo, but I really like that character. So I kind of just changed it up to where it's like, he has a lot bigger role in Dawn of Dusk. And it's just like, kind of like the kind of shitty, lazy uncle that, you know, <laughs> pulls up and you go in their car and you can tell they've been hot boxing or whatnot. Oh, hey. Okay, that's the fun uncle. Yeah, a funkle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, uh, we put a link in the description for uh, everyone to get the demo. Um, how much is the is the demo? How much? Uh, like, how much is the game? How much is the demo? The demo is just like a small slice. I would say it's close to like twenty percent. If that, it's not a it's not a terribly long game, so it gives you a good chunk. I picked out the mansion and the actual like a starting area just to get people used to the mechanics. Mm -hmm. It doesn't show you everything, but it kind of gets you used to the difficulty of what the game was. But I'm also balancing it because we had a lot of good feedback from that demo as well. Excellent, excellent. Uh, let's see. All right, do we, do we have any questions in the chat? Uh, by all means, we will, we'll be happy to take some questions. Um, you know, obviously, we'll, you know, try try to keep it Crystal Story related, but if you have any questions, you know, directly for our guests here, you know, as far as, you know, besides Crystal Story, if, you have, if anyone has any gaming questions and whatnot, I'm sure we'll probably take a few of those uh, as well. Um, I do have a, a little question for you, Fred, about the, the game. So what was the process like of translating your work in the comic to the video game? Because there, there's definitely a lot of inspiration pulled from the webcomic there. Well, the first thing I did was like, all right, at first I was going to make Mina a lot older. So she's like 22 in the comic. And I ended the comic kind of just like it's on indefinite. I was back in 2018, right when I moved over to making a game. But originally, Mina was a lot older, and I was like, well, you know, it's not like I can really do a whole lot with this character because they've already got an established kind of like base. Like, all right, they know all these moves, they knew like all these attacks and stuff like that that I was planning on doing in the comic. But it's like, 
I figured, well, I can make her a lot younger and give character, like, give players a sense of, like, all right, this is someone fresh that I'm kind of just growing with. And the, the whole idea around it was, like, future episodes, she would just get a little bit older and a little bit older. The game and the comic, originally the game was going to follow the comic pretty closely, but after I started going with them, I'm like, I can do a lot better ideas and I'm not really trying to hold myself down to like a really like long convoluted plot. And it's like, the more I started developing, the more it became more gameplay focused. And the story is so important as well, but I really enjoyed the gameplay aspect of it more. And I had a lot more fun, you know, with world building and telling a story through a game than I did actual comics. So that's that just awesome. kind of where I left off. Yeah. And uh, Joel, looks like we got a question from Doomzilla. Want to tack that one? Says, uh, where did you come up with the storybook graphics? Those graphics were basically the same art style that I have for the webcomic. I don't even have the webcomic up. I need to actually get it back up, but it was pretty much one-to-one. And I think pretty much a good way to answer this question would be when I was doing the webcomic, the art style for that was inspired a lot by like Adventure Time and like Scout Pilgrim, uh, a lot of manga I was reading at the time. But like, that's what really inspired that. And also like the, the still cutscenes were pretty inspired by Undertale as well. And just like the 8-bit aesthetic on those, I thought, yeah, that might be cool. So I just did that. Looks like we got another question, Joe. We want to tackle that one. It says, uh, if you have any plans to do a sequel, where would you want the story to go? I can't really talk about that right now, but... Um, oh. Yeah, I kind of could. I got to keep some stuff secret. So I'm probably... You do have plans, though. That That's one. what it comes back to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> Yeah, we got a nice we got a nice comment from our friend Scott. If you wanted to tackle, it's not a question, but the nice yeah, comment. Yeah, says this game looks pretty cool. Gives me the illusion of Gaia and Soul Blazer vibes. Oh, Soul Blazer and the Illusion of Gaia were a pretty uh, big inspiration. And also, um, <laughs> if you guys are familiar with uh, Terra Enigma, that also played a pretty big part oh, in Donna Donna Dust with the Spears. Oh. Um, because the main character in Terranima can do that as well. They have like a spear. I was really into that game when I just started the the early development of Dawn of Dusk. How did you get started learning to program the game? <laughs> a lot of it. I tried like a lot of conventional like folks would be like, yeah, just just make something like recreate like a freaking pinball game or like Pac-Man. And a lot of it's just like you're trying to learn and it's just so boring. They'll tell you to get on YouTube or whatnot. What I did is I didn't know anything about making games or anything whatnot, but I did know comics. And so what I thought would be a good story, like a good start would be just to outline, all right, the demo. This is the whole outline of the demo. Here's what's gonna happen. This is gonna happen with the characters. And then what I did afterwards is I storyboarded the whole demo out. I mocked up in sketches of the battle system, 
like treasure, like what it says when you open a church, everything, the boss battle, like all that. And basically I took every each and every little bit of that storyboard and I taught myself, all right, I can mock all this up Photoshop. I can mock up sprites. I can mock up mechanics. I have to teach myself every little bit and piece to get that to be a working part into a whole system. So it's just breaking a big project down to small little bites and just finishing up something like, oh, I got her to move. Like I was able to get Mina to move and walk around. And that got me motivated, just keep going on and adding every bit and piece of what I was working on. It's just a really, really fun way to keep motivated too. Yeah, because you, you would kind of see little bursts of progress and then that would kind of motivate you to keep going exactly. with it. Yeah. It's just like the whole carrot on the string. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so what made you decide to go that route rather than using something like, like RPG Maker or like OHRPG, like one of those sort of established little engines? I was really close to using RPG Maker, but like, I really wanted to have a very strong focus on action adventure and also that battle system. Like right before I drew the battle system out and my thumbnail sketches and my storyboarding, I was like, this is not going to work in RPG Maker. Like I already pretty much figured out if it will work, it's going to be a pain in the ass. And I was mm -hmm. already intimidated at even starting making a game. I was like, well, Game Maker, you know, Toby Fox used it to make Undertale. Right. I used Game Maker like in 2005 when I was like 15. And I used it a little bit to make like cute little crappy games. Like I didn't really know much, but I knew that you could do a good bit with it. So I said, shit, I'll just pick it up. So I bought a license and right at the end of 2018, right when you could actually buy a license for it. And that's when I was like, all right, we're just gonna start from scratch. Like just mock everything in Photoshop up and just take those out, take each element out and just like sprite it out and just prototype it. And that's that's basically how it happened. Game Maker is very, it doesn't really limit you. So in a way I kind of build an engine inside of an engine. <laughs> so making these games, you know, future ones will be a little bit easier I have a question before I get to the ones in the chat. Um, how easy, easy is it to, to learn some of the like programming and stuff like that? Is it something that it would be better to go through like a college course for, or would it be better to just learn it on your own? <laughs> There's a lot, like I'm not a pro game developer by any means, nor am I a programmer, so I'm probably not the best to ask the, about this, but I think like there's nothing that this will cost you to do it on your own, but time. Like going on Reddit and the forums, like legit just, just describing what you're trying to do. If you have a problem in asking Reddit and the forums, like what advice could you give me? Like working on something that you want to work on at your own pace, like, you can teach yourself how to program and the motivation that comes with it of making what you want to make, I think is what really like, it takes a lot of the limits off and it takes a lot of the intimidation off. Like you don't need 
I didn't need a course or anything like that. I'm not a programmer, I'm a graphic designer and a illustrator, but just having the patience and the time, because time, you know, time is money, but time is also free. You know, if you got the time, you can learn to do anything, just about. That was kind of beautiful. Time is that money, gives me but time is free. <laughs> yeah. I've always, I've always wanted to make a game myself, but I've always been too intimidated to do it. There's <laughs> so. nothing to be, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. The, the biggest thing you got to do is just, you got to get in there and just try. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think I was thinking too much of, I think I was thinking of too much of like the coding aspect of it and all the math involved with that. You will learn than... code as you go. Like I went in there knowing nothing. And what's so funny is I got a really good example of this. This week you will be like, I've, the area that was in the original game, I'm revisiting in Dawn of Dusk and I went back and looked at all the code I did back in 2019. And I'm like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> so I rewrote most of it. You will gain knowledge and programming and learn how to do stuff better. But you can make something work, even though it's bad, it'll work. Strength but then you can knowledge. come back and fix it. You'll always keep growing if you stay with it. Excellent. Well said. Um, at, in the chat, we have a few questions here. Uh, first one I got is from Doomzilla. He said, what are some of the challenges you face during development? Probably if I were to get stuck on a bug or like bug fixes, I feel like those are the biggest walls to hit. Like if there's just something that I didn't know how to do. Early on, I hit a lot of those blocks. And a lot of it is just like having to take a break and just step away from it for a bit. A lot of it will just kind of test you to come up with a creative solution. Like I've hit many roadblocks. I've hit so many that I can't even count them. And there have been times I've been stuck on a problem for weeks, if not months. And, you know, I'll randomly just come up with a solution to something else. And it turns out, oh, I can do this to fix that, and it works. It's so weird, like, you just, if you get stuck on a problem, it's good to just, if you can go past it to work on something else, then mm -hmm. come back to it. I was gonna you ask might that might come too. out with a new perspective <laughs> on how to fix the problem you had. All right, so I'm, I'm going to kind of restructure Shane's questions a little bit here because he, he's asking like, what are some of your favorite RPGs? But I think we can do better, as Maggie <laughs> put in here. I think we're going to have you do a top 10 video games list like we've been doing it. Top yeah. 10 game list challenge. <laughs> just, just, just off the top of your head, whatever comes to mind. Right. You don't have okay. to go any, any particular, you don't have to go any, any order. You have to go like, you know, you just, you can just name them if it's easy. Okay. Um, let's see. Ocarina of Time. Oh. Link to the Past. Yeah. Link's Awakening. Oz all the games. Uh, Mario 64. Okay. <laughs> Earthbound. Yoshi's Island. Super Metroid. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 14. That's a weird Ooh. one. Okay. Mother Ooh. 3. And Undertale. Nice. Damn good list. Um, Damn good list. Yeah, you, you speak all of our <laughs> languages here, especially Joe. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> also, real quick, I just want to welcome my friend Spawners. 
Uh, he's from New Jersey, good friend of mine. He's actually hanging out on Twitch. Thank you for stopping in, Spawners. It's always good to see you here, bud. Big part Thanks of the uh, Mortal Kombat community as well as diehard Spawn fan. So nice to see you. Right, Scott approves of his list, so that's all we needed, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I you know I had a question and then just okay. I actually just the question just dawned on me for you, Fred. Um. Have you ever have you ever worked besides Crystal Story? Has there been any other games you've worked on in the past, or um, or do you have any other games that you're going to be working on after uh, Crystal Story? Probably the sequel. To answer the question about Crystal Story, there will be like if I work on a sequel, there will be the sequel mm -hmm. to that game. I haven't really helped any other games. Like I've I've had people ask questions that work on games like. Hey, what would you do here? That kind of thing, but just nothing like really formal or anything like that. Mostly just kind of like advice, daddy, if you will. Advice, daddy. Aspect. Hey, <laughs> I got like I got a lot of people just like, hey, you're so helpful. You know how to do this. So could you give me some advice on how to do this, or what would you do? So I just I kind of um... gave advice and sort of that kind of stuff. Okay. How did you go about getting a publisher? They, um, the publisher I'm working with, Flyworks, they've been super awesome. Um, they reached out to me uh, oh. a couple years ago, and they wanted to know. They saw that Crystal Story had a video. Uh, Awakening was on Alpha Beta Gamer YouTube channel, and they did a playthrough of it, and a lot of people liked it, and they they saw that video and they contacted me and I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't mind. Like, yeah, we'll work together. So that was, we've been working steadily and working hard together on this project. Um, they've been, the feedback and guidance I've gotten has been, you, it's been invaluable. You cannot put value on that kind of stuff. I've learned so much about good technical details and whatnot and good advice towards game design from them so i feel like with their help this their advice like it's really helping this project be very 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 incredibly that's it's awesome. made me feel even better for it about it you know it kind of started out like your project your baby you were the sole developer and then in a way it's kind of like expanding as you're taking in feedback and working with different people and stuff it's it's becoming like just really relying on myself was good but also getting that you know you want to have a vision for a project but you also want to make something people are going to play and they're going to want to play and really just listening and taking in feedback of what people say, what, you know, if they're having any trouble with anything, what they can, what you can do to make it bigger and better. Like the, the biggest goal is just like, I want to entertain. That's the most important thing with a game. That's why we play a game, you know? So just, I want to make it to where, you know, people have fun playing it and taking in feedback to make it better is always worth it. Have you had any like negative feedback or like hurtful feedback along the way? Nothing really hurtful. Um, Good. Mostly just like I, something that will probably plague me 
for the rest of my days because I'm not a super like experienced programmer. It's mostly just a lot of bug related stuff um, that hit me in Awakening, but I a lot of it I fixed. Uh, most of the stuff I fixed. There was a few that were caught in that demo that you guys are showing off, but it's not like super brain, game breaker or anything. It's just stuff that I've already caught and fixed, but just mostly that. And I think when I first started, I made a few puzzles a bit too hard. So I'm I'm really striking the balance of, all right, all right, is this too challenging? Is this puzzle too difficult? Is this enemy too difficult? And I'm still trying to get that balance, but I still want to keep it challenging, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's always a balance. I'm not going to make everyone happy. I know that. Right. But I think the people that will stick with it, you know, will outnumber the ones that truly dislike it or it isn't the kind of game for them. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Jay Spins asks, um, which character was the most fun for you to design so far? Probably <laughs> uh, this one <laughs> to me is kind of like an analog to me. I actually have two. The one my wife illustrated originally designed, I kind of pushed them a little bit personality-wise. I'll start with him. That was Claude, the, uh, the purple cat, um, Mina's fun uncle, Funkle. Um, the one that I based on me was, I created this character last year when I was doing the, the mansion and whatnot. Oh, that orange short tabby cat, Whisker. You guys, mm. if you play the demo, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, that character, I based it a lot of like on myself and just like his way of being so clumsy and just his personality being a total dork. I kind of just based it on me. <laughs> nice. Uh, Scott asks, um, as a Zelda fan, how do you rank Majora's Mask? <laughs> oh, I like Majora's Mask. I didn't, um, I didn't really get a lot of N64 games growing up as a kid, but I actually, I remember emulating it when I was like 13. And I know that's, you know, it's a bad thing to do, but I, I picked it up when it was on virtual console and I beat it on the Wii virtual console back in like 09, I think. And then yeah. I picked it up for the 3DS. I enjoyed it more on the 3DS. I, I thought it was a really solid game. I figured, you know, I heard that they spent a whole year doing Majora's Mask and just like the amount of content and just how deep that Zelda game was for just a short amount of time. Is it my favorite Zelda game? No. But is it a great Zelda game? Hell yeah, I love it. Yeah, in the 3DS version, to be fair, and I, I'm not a Majora's Mask fan personally, as, as far as like Zelda. Like you Zelda like series. rolled your eyes as you said that. I'm not a Majora's Mask fan. Well, I, I, I get so much shit for it. But anyway, the oh. but the well, 3D, but anyway, but the 3DS <laughs> version. The 3DS version did improve like the controls, which is what which is one of the main gripes I have with um, Majora's Mask, especially the Water Temple when you play as the Zora. Like the controls just got awful, but at least in the 3DS version they improved on that. So never did beat it on the Virtual Console or emulator. I beat it on the the 3DS. That is the definitive version, I think. Yeah, a lot of people By think the, the 3DS remakes are superior and whatnot. So you know. Um, I think we got another. Oh, uh, okay. So we got another question to chat. Uh, Joe, you can't see because it it's actually from Twitch. So our, uh, our friend yeah. Spawner just wanted to ask. Well, he's actually asking all of us, but we'll direct this one for Friday. Are, are you a fan of uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night? 
I've never played it, but I've seen so much about it. And I've played some of the ones on NES just very briefly. But I've always liked how the gameplay looked and just even the really old ones, how it felt. So, yeah, I mean, I can say I'm a fan. I need to pick it up and play it. I need to play a lot of games and get caught up. Yeah. I just stay so busy. But after this, I've, I've kind of made it a point to kind of pick up a lot of older titles and try them out. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing so much about But I know it's like the best. One of the best, if not the best, Castlevania game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got far. a whole... I, I, I feel you there, because I actually have a whole stack of Switch games that are still, like, in the shrink wrap. <laughs> I'm always buying games, but I never have time to play. <laughs> me too, Hopefully man. someday when I'm not so busy, or maybe Joe <laughs> hires me full-time, um, I'll probably have a lot more time to play games. I'm, like, actually really looking forward to, like, digging deep some of these unopened games. And, of course, we game on Twitch, so that gives me the opportunity to play, you know, go back to, like, games I've never played before or games that I haven't played in a long time. So, which is why I really enjoyed doing the Twitch thing, so. But, yeah, I was just going to say, I totally feel you there. Like, it's, we, we're all so busy, and we just we don't have time to play all these games, you know? Getting old. Them old people responsibilities. Oh, my gosh. Make time for it. I can't wait till we're really old and we're like retired and we can just play video games all the time and and we'll have those like retirement checks and we can like go meet up and just play games and I tell me that's not like the best life. Come on. Yeah, yeah I, bet, I bet like nurse like I swear like 10 20 years from now nursing homes are going to have like you know game like gaming rooms like yes. video game rooms and stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that nursing home be like, "Hey Jerry, you want to pop this G fuel?" <laughs> I think it's going to be funny as hell to see uh, people in their 80s streaming on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're going to be like nursing home fights. You know, you know, when someone beats somebody at a game, they're going to like fight. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Doomzilla asks, uh, what other Metroidvanias in general that you played? that I'm guessing he, he's asking which ones you like. Metroid Fusion and Super Metroid probably are my two biggest ones. Excellent. I picked up Metroid Dread and I still need to finish it. Oh my gosh. Oh Met- my we had, the, me and Joe had the time of our life playing Metroid Dread on, on, yes, we did. on Twitch. Isn't it great? Oh, Holy it's so shit. great. So great on so many levels. It's just, it's honest to God, and I stand by this. I think it's the second best game on the Switch. One being Breath of the Wild, two being Metroid Dread. Speaking of Breath of the Wild, what was your reaction to Tears of the Kingdom? I am hoping they just take as much time as they need to get it done. I know it's going to be a great game. I know that Breath of the Wild originally was supposed to come out, I think in like 2015, but they... They yeah. waited for a couple years so they can make it a swan song for the Wii U and a launch title for the Switch. I'm just hoping, you know, they just take as much time as they need. I know it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, I it's a no seven-year gap. Like, we've had a seven-year gap between yeah. Breath of the Wild and and uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It's gonna I was be really surprised about that. It's going to be pushed. I, Breath of the Wild, to me, was such a... I should have added this to the list but that was such a radical departure yes that's my that's my argument game. too i love don't be wrong it's the best game on the switch and it's it's definitely like my top um it's in my top 
you know, five, you know, top five, top three Zelda games, but it's not my favorite because of because how different it is from you know, it really yeah. broke tradition. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's just like, oh man, I really, I really miss the dungeons and the bosses, you know. I so, do too. Yeah. so I'm hoping Tears of the Kingdom bring that back. I really hope so. I'm not, I'm not gonna hold my breath for it, no pun intended. But like, <laughs> I really, really hope that we get like tr- more of a traditional Zelda game, but in the, but in the um, vibe of Breath of the Wild, if that makes any sense. I think they'll be like that. Like a good analogy for me is I'm hoping they take it to where like Super Mario Galaxy was a lot like that where like it really broke yeah. the conventions of a 3D Mario game but then Mario Galaxy 2 comes out and it's more like hardcore not hardcore but more of what you're used to. I, I See that's the thing. I prefer Galaxy 2. That's just me. A lot of people do. And you know, I, it helps I, you got I, Yoshi the too. same way. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, you know, it just, it feels like, all right, this is not a prototype, but this is like a look into what we're taking, you know, the direction we're going to take Zelda, but we're going to layer yeah. our conventional stuff on the next one, is how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that was the right direction for them to take? Oh, yeah. I think Zelda, you know, Pokemon's kind of doing it too. They did it with Arceus. I think there's only so much you can do with Zelda and so much you could do with Mario and Pokemon and whatnot. And really just trying something, you don't know if it's going to work out or not. So I think the amount of time they spend, they really want to make pretty damn sure that it's going to work out. I think it was a very big risk. I think it paid off in a lot of ways and a few ways. It didn't quite pay off, but I think they learned from that. And I'm hoping that you know, Tears of the Kingdom will show us a lot of the stuff that we missed yeah. from previous Zelda games. I mean, there's no reason why we can't have both, meaning we, we can still keep, like, the shrines and the exploration and this, this, and that, but also throw in, you know, your traditional dungeons with your traditional bosses and monsters, and you know. So that's what I'm hoping for. It's just, you know, obviously we have, I mean, May's a long time, and... They're obviously not, like re- they're not revealing really too much. Game. So I'm also thinking about like the the Pokemon development cycle where they had the the more traditional Pokemon games and then in the same year they're coming out with a game like Legends Arceus. Mm-hmm. I could totally conceive of a world where you're getting these Breath of the Wild style games and they could still make classic Zelda style games if they wanted to. Yeah. I think a good way for them to take this, like my suggestion, would be like just like like how we got the Diamond and Pearl remakes along with Arceus not too far away from each other, like how they did Breath of the Wild and a couple years later they did the Link's Awakening right. remake. I feel like they I could do love that. the Link's Awakening remake. Oh, I did too. I good well Lord. here's the thing. Don't kill me everybody, but I I didn't have a Game Boy of my own growing up, I and mean, my all my friends did. I didn't have a Game Boy, so I never actually owned Link's Awakening. So I actually got to play Link's Awakening for the first time Fresh. ever on the Switch, and oh god, I loved it. I loved it. That's Aww. the most important part. I like I really envy people that say stuff like, "Oh, I just tried Ocarina of Time for the first time," and they're like twenty something years old. You lucky you know, bastard. I, yeah, like when I played it, I was like, hey, I don't 35. know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> but then when I'm like 20, it's like, oh, wow. 
you can imagine someone like in 98, like they're 20 years old, they pick up Ocarina of Time and how freaking crazy amazing that game was mm-hmm. like in that time. But when you're older and you pick up an older game but you never tried it and you look at a, a fresh perspective, yeah, it can really change you. Oh, I just experienced that recently. Uh, on so on Nerd Cage Live Gaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Nerd Cage Live. Get that Nerd Cage Live. For those who don't know, uh, Joe got me to play Metal Gear Solid for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I never had a, I had, a, I was a Nintendo sixty four kid, not a PlayStation kid, so I never had Metal Gear Solid. But I, I mean, when you get past the asinine controls, it was such a great experience. And talk about a narrative. So. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, I, I experienced it for the first time, and now I can't wait to play 2 and 3. And I'm going to do it with you guys on Twitch. Just saying. I'm not going to play it. I'm, yes. I'm going to play it with you guys. <laughs> the controls get better, Jay. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. Well, one of the um, things I love about this, like, wave of remakes that we've been having and remasters and stuff, it's like so many of those old games, because they, they didn't have, like, all the, the pretty graphics and stuff to soup them up with, they were just so focused on making sure that the gameplay was tight. Yes. That it was actually fun. Yep. And so when we get it repackaged, it's like when they do it right, you're getting the the sensibilities of a modern game. Like it, it looks a little bit better. Maybe it's a little easier to control, that sort of thing. But you're still getting that really good classic gameplay. And that's just a winning combo. Yeah, yeah. and with anything Kojima, you're basically playing a movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's very important. You know, that's a very good point to bring up, Maggie. Like, a lot of games back then, too, like, they were expensive as hell. Okay. A lot of people realize, don't don't really realize, think about it. Like, SNES games, I've seen, like, old ads for those, like, $70. $70 and 90s money was, like, over 100 bucks a game. Yeah, the game had to be good. It had to be polished, and I feel like that convention of making a tighter game really needs to come back because these games, like on PS5, and so they're like, yeah, upwards to like seventy bucks. I think I'm not. And then and then you got microtransactions and DLC. it's become a giant marketing game. It's basically like. Okay, we're gonna release this part of the game, and then in a couple months you can have the rest of it. You know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like I don't see that being sustainable. Not now, yeah. like it's the way the whole economy yeah. is going and stuff. You know, people are like video games are gonna be the first thing, one of the first things that people are gonna cut back on, and they're gonna be really careful about what they're gonna spend money on. So I feel like that puts a lot of pressure on devs out there like, all right, we can't do a lot of these microtransactions. We gotta get this right, you know, the first time, you know. So I feel like value and making a great game is what is gonna come back in style because games are getting expensive to make yeah. and to buy. Yeah, and they, they gotta stop with the, uh, how many skins would you like, you know? <laughs> like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. just cos- they're just cosmetics and they cost like ten, twenty dollars. Like exactly, yeah. I mean, the kids will keep it up, but how long are the parents gonna go? Okay, we'll give you a hundred dollars so you can get more skins. Like, I have a feeling some of these parents are gonna go. You know what? I'm just gonna throw. And the then game of course, away. kids take their their <laughs> parents' uh, credit card information and. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So listen, it's actually uh, 
getting close here to 10 o'clock here on the East Coast. Uh, I respect everybody's time. Plus, I got some work I got to finish. So, mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, Fred, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm going to put thank you on the you. spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. And I do this to all of our guests. Uh, would you be interested in coming back on Nerd Cage Live again? Yeah. Yeah, sounds great to me. Just yeah, absolutely. Me so we can talk and more gaming and then, and then more on. Crystal Story too. If you get like more, you know, when you when when you get more like um, further along in the development of Crystal Story, by all means, you know, we'd love to have you come back and, sure. and you know, for sure. And we can talk Thank more you gaming so and much stuff for as well. Me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so That's also, so I want to give you the opportunity real quick. Uh, I just want to give you the floor one last time. Just tell everybody where they can find. Like again, links are in the description. Everybody, uh, tell. You know where everybody can find uh, how they can get a hold of you and wh where they can uh, download and play the game. Um, the links in the description, like you said, um, check out the development Twitter account, the Crystal Story account. Um, I'm on Instagram here and there. I post a few things, but the best way to keep up with the game would be on the Twitter accounts. And if you want to pick up the demo, it's on my Steam page, and that is the demo for Donna Dust. And that's pretty much, I think, the best way to, to see what I'm up to these days. I post everything on Twitter first. So no. you're, that's the best place to find out what I'm up to. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And uh, Pretty Guardian, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, uh, or have you got anything upcoming that you want to share? Well, nothing upcoming. I got some things in the works. But just because we've been talking about, like, indie games and stuff tonight i do over on my youtube.com pretty guardian i have a video with like five indie games that have come out recently that i think are super awesome and you should definitely check that out i feel really lucky to be like alive in this time because i feel like we're having almost a renaissance with all these great indie games and what i love about them is they're like they're so much cheaper than the AAA titles <laughs> for starters yeah but they go back to the basics like earlier in this interview fred one of the things he said was first and foremost he wants to make a game that entertains people and just to like go into game making with that mindset over like, oh, I want to get as many microtransactions and like millions of dollars out of this as I can. That's beautiful to me. And I would like 10, 10 out of 10 times, I would rather my dollars be going to that sort of project. So um, check out my video, top five indie RPGs. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Fred. It's been so much fun having you here. Thank you so much for having me and I appreciate it. And yeah, that's exactly what I'm all about is just like, entertaining instead of just spending needless money for right. this crap. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, thank you all so much. I absolutely. It. Thank you. And uh, Joe, I know you got some stuff to plug. <laughs> yeah. For those who haven't seen it, my top 10 video games of all time video is now on the channel. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and tomorrow we will be playing Zelda Ocarina of Time. We are in the finale now. Twitch.tv slash Nerdcage Live. And Joe, yes. what is it that we happen to be doing on Tuesdays? On Tuesdays, if I don't get killed by a dog again, um, I'm going to... <laughs> uh, we are going to go back to playing Resident Evil 2, the original, my favorite game. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe we're going to be going on to Claire B on Tuesday, but we're going to split that into two parts. Yeah, I, I may... 
just catch up to where we were and try to redeem myself real quick before we do but that. That's but that's pointless though, because it's like, there's like, what, like not like a minute left of the game? But... Yeah, I know, but we'll go right back in and... All right, fine, all right, whatever. I just feel bad that I fucked up so bad. That's uh, all good, we forgive you, Joe. <laughs> You know, we, you know. Obviously, Raccoon City was doomed because of you, but we can for, forgive you for that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, dead people are coming back to life all the time. <laughs> yes. So I might. Okay. So my top ten uh, gaming video. I actually hoping to record that on Sunday when I get back from Nine Inch Nails. Um. So if I don't, if it, so it, it'll probably hopefully premiere next week. If not, maybe the week after. But I'm confident I can get it done on Sunday. Uh, as long as Joe Bloke doesn't keep throwing stuff at me, I, I'll, I'll probably be able to get it done on Sunday. Um, you know what? I just, I'm just going to revert back to uh, Maggie because I thought she did it better than me. Maggie, where can everybody get a t-shirt? <laughs> oh, um, I don't... Hmm. I, I don't know. What, what, what t-shirt are you talking about? We're talking about the one on the T-Public. The, <laughs> the one that the you're rocking. It's on T-Public, Nerd Cage. The Nerd Cage Live Tea Public, yes, definitely go check it out. They come in all kinds of different colors. These shirts are so fucking cool. They're lightweight, they're breathable. You'll love them. And you know what? When people see you, they'll look at you and they'll go, oh my gosh, that person has the strength of geek knowledge. I can fucking tell. <laughs> Amen. Like I said, any size, any color, men's or ladies. Again, we got the rec we got the Pornhub logo, we got the regular logo, the strength of geek knowledge on the back. We also have a Marvel Studios logo uh, style. We have New York Giants style. And our Nintendo ones got taken down by yours truly, Nintendo. So I'll have to make some new ones. Uh, but just so you know, I'll, I'll just show them off. But yeah, check it out. So at one point, we had the regular Nintendo logo and the Super Nintendo uh, Nerd Cage Live Gaming one. They, they got taken Ooh. down. Uh, but oh, we got the Sega one. The Sega one didn't get taken down. We had the Sega style too. But yeah, we're going to have more designs coming. Again, if you buy a shirt, the money goes straight towards the channel that we're going to use for like giveaways and stuff like that. Speaking of giveaways, get us to 1,500 subscribers on YouTube and you could enter to win a free Xbox Series X. Brand spanking new. You could win this bad boy. Get us to 1,500 subscribers. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, we don't know what we have planned for next week. Um... As far as next Thursday's live stream goes, we may take a week off, but hopefully I'll have my top 10 video out. Uh, after seeing all of our fantastic top, you know, Pretty Guardians and Derek's and Joe's, I'm like, oh man, I gotta step my game up. So yeah, um, I yeah, I got, I got, I gotta step my game up. But I promise you, you my list is gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun video. I promise you that. Um, also. Um, I got some Joe Blow videos coming out. Please check those out. Um, tomorrow, an interview is going up uh, for the movie Bandit. And I have another face-off that's going to be premiering probably Monday. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, so that being said, once again, I just want to thank uh, Fred Brown from Fred, um, Fred Brown Gaming and uh, Crystal Story for coming in tonight. Definitely appreciate it. We can't wait thank to have you, you back. Uh, again, thank you to Nerd Cage Nation. You guys are the best. Also, Please follow us on Instagram and at Twitter, nerd underscore cage. Join the Discord group. Join Nerd Cage Nation, the Facebook discussion group. It's always popping. We always appreciate that. And, of course, twitch.tv slash nerdcagelive every Tuesday and Friday. And, again, tomorrow we'll be finishing up Zelda Ocarina of Time, Joe's all-time favorite game. 
So, <laughs> we pretty much asked you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread this shit like syphilis. So to you, I say from yours truly, the land of the orange Syracuse, New York, Portland, Oregon, and the state of Georgia, to all of our friends fans around the world, at Nerd Cage Live. As always, enjoy life. Stay safe. Eat your vegetables. Do your push-ups. And good night. Good night. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live!